welcome to the 17th and final episode of Tech Lively. Um, today is a very special one because we have got Mr. President Angel Cabrera on the podcast. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. It is, Pleasure. It is a delightful, delightful outdoors day here at Tech. The I was hoping we would get a day like this, I think, in like early March, but then because sometimes we get those, but then it didn't come. But I'm glad we got it now. Right at the end of well, things. Con- considering the alternative and um, having a, a, a son right now, a Georgia Tech alum who mm-hmm. lives in Pittsburgh and sends me pictures of uh, April snow <laughs> in the city, I will not complain about this. It's never been to Pittsburgh, but I do know it. Uh, they don't have the same weather. <laughs> not quite. And they get they get snow and whatnot. Yeah. Um, okay, I want to talk about just how the students and tech interact with each other and how those two impact each other to lead off. Um, besides tech being just a great spot to get to get a degree get your education um is there another overarching goal you would say tech has for its students well absolutely i mean i think when when i talk to alumni who have been out of tech for um 5 10 20 years who've done great and they look back and and i ask them the very same question is what did um what did georgia tech do for you mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot more than what you learn in specific courses, yeah. more than the differential equations yes, or yes, circuit yes. analysis or whatever <laughs> it is, they, or discounting cash flows, I guess, in your case. Yeah. It, is, it is a whole experience, is an attitude about solving problems, is the creativity, is the being able to interact with people from other disciplines, from mm-hmm. other cultures. Uh, many people even mention their growth um, as, as leaders, mm-hmm. which happen more in their engagement with organizations outside of the, of the classroom. Mm-hmm. So I think that the growth that you go through as a student at Tech goes well beyond the specific discipline that, mm-hmm. um, that you study. And I think over the years, and knowing that you're about to, to graduate in, in just a couple of weeks, uh, I think you'll reach the same conclusion, I bet. Mm-hmm. Nice. It has, yeah, I think for me and Taylor, he's helping me, we both I think the times we've had to do leadership stuff and just take things at the helm that that puts us through, I think, a different kind of ringer than classes do, but one that's really helpful, I think, in the end, for sure. I have a feeling that won't sh- that kind of answer won't change anytime soon. But like, do you see with just how the world is at large and how social media is really affecting things? Do you think that will change in any way at tech or in knowing tech's a really unique school? Do you think what people take out of it will change as the years go go by? It has changed already. I mean, remember, I, I graduated from Tech in 1995. I, I re-engaged years later mm-hmm. uh, on the advisory board. Then my son came between 2015 and 2019. So I guess I, I re-engaged as a, as a parent. But mm-hmm. coming back in 2019 as president, I was amazed by all the new things that, and, and, and not, again, not just on the academic side, but on the student experience side. Yeah. Take things like makerspaces, access yeah, to, of, to, yeah. to create, uh, CreateX yeah. as, a, yeah. as a program, as now an intentional program designed to mm-hmm. helping students be uh, innovators, creators, potential entrepreneurs. Those are new programs. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's a, there's a spirit at Georgia Tech that even older alums would still recognize today. Yeah, yeah. But there is so much new stuff. So going forward, I think we're going to see, um, we're going to continue to see changes. Mm-hmm. I, I see, you know, fast forward five years, and I think Georgia Tech is going to be an even more diverse place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know that we'll have 
achieve parity, gender parity, but right, we'll be yeah, a lot yeah. closer to it. Yeah. We'll have people from more backgrounds. We will be also, I, I see a place that will be even more um, focused on, on creativity, yeah. on, on entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. um, maybe even... Um, I'm excited about us even more arts at Georgia yeah, Tech yeah. and bringing. I mean, there are lots of things that that I see changing, and yet I bet that in ten years both of you uh, come back to Georgia Tech and you still recognize the place you went to school. Yeah, yeah. Taylor mentioned an episode she did recently um, that she, from her that she read some of the old like the Georgia Tech like the stuff before the technique and the attitude was very much the same. Yeah. <laughs> that was a hundred years ago as it is now. Yeah. So yeah. Some things don't change. Uh, on the flip side, how have you seen? Let's say since you started, since you started mm-hmm. your presidency, how how have you seen students directly impact tech on your end of things? Oh, th- honestly, um, students have a huge impact in so many ways. I'll give you some specific examples. Mm-hmm. It was my very first day in the job. One of my first meetings was with student government. Mm-hmm. Uh, student government at the time, one of the top areas of concern was a thing called the special institutional fee, which uh, uh, both of you still pay, yeah. um, which was something that was put in place for all of our public universities in Georgia mm-hmm. during the last recession. And and students had studied it and had lots of arguments about how, and, and it took time, by the way, mm-hmm. but fast forward uh, three years, and now finally we were able to to remove the institutional fee sorry the two of you <laughs> won't benefit from it but many people will and i'm saying a lot of people participated in that of course we're very grateful to the general assembly mm-hmm. the governor many people who have provided the funds to do that but that's an area where very direct engagement from the students and the list goes on by the way i can't yeah. tell you how many things yeah, yeah that have improved at Georgia Tech um, were rooted in efforts by students. That's cool. You mentioned entrepreneurship, and I did want to dive into that. Um, how, I guess in a, on a higher level, how do you think tech serve, tech best serves as a, as like a launch pad for students going forward in their own ventures or just creating whatever they need to, whatever they find that themselves doing post-tech? Honestly, that's one of the areas that I've been uh, most excited about since I returned to, to, to Georgia Tech. So we've always produced great entrepreneurs. Yes, yes. Um, for example, the Peloton, that's, a, that was us. I didn't know that was us. Oh yes. Oh, CEO, cool. the CEO, founding CEO, founding CTO are both, uh, Georgia Tech oh. today, this morning, before this meeting, I just, uh, gave a campus tour to another Georgia Tech alum, mm. uh, Ben Chestnut, okay. who founded, um, a ch- uh, MailChimp. Oh yeah. Incredibly successful venture. So we have a long history of entrepreneurs, but to be fair, is not necessarily that we help them become, I mean, we help them learn a ton of stuff. Right, they right, were right. successful in part, because, but, but we did not have entrepreneurship programs to help people become entrepreneurs. Yeah. Now we do. Gotcha. So what I'm very excited, we have many programs, anything from the Inventure Prize, CreateX, but CreateX, uh, we have other, other initiatives, but mm-hmm. CreateX I think merits special mention because it's been an incredible success. Yeah. And, and and how to have a student who may have, you know, maybe slightly intrigued about perhaps one day creating mm-hmm. a company, but you're not sure even what that means. Yeah. Do you take a class, you start developing your confidence mm-hmm. on what it means, you meet other people, right. you hear folks who have gone through that journey. Yeah. Then if you're interested, you get to to make a product, to discover a, a customer, to you you get to even 
if if your product is promising to to get even some some funding to get to spend the summer work i mean that program is working now yeah. uh, a few months ago we celebrated the first uh, the first unicorn that came out of that program so i'm super excited of how we're now much more intentional providing programs to help students grow yeah. from we know not everybody will become an entrepreneur right, yeah, yeah, yeah. but many more will that's cool um I guess CreateX is something that's differentiating us in that regard. Is there any other parts that are just like, we've got this thing that other big schools that could be taking our student that could be recruiting our students don't have right now. CreateX is huge. I mean, um, recently, and this is not data from us. This mm-hmm. is a third party uh, that, that presented data to the Metro Atlanta chamber. And they looked at the state of entrepreneurship in the entire Southeast. Mm-hmm. The second largest incubator business incubator in the entire southeast and the number one in georgia right now is createx mm-hmm. oh wow so it it, it has become a, a pretty big differentiator we're still working and making it better yeah for example um we just received a, a donation from an alum that is going to help us create a a fund to make some to give grants so that right at that point where your idea has legs, but you don't, mm-hmm. you're not mature enough to go and, and, and do a round of, right, of right. funding. Um, we're going to try to have vehicles to give you some funding oh, and nice. see if you can make that uh, bridge that, that curve. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm super excited. About it, but CreateX is a, is a big deal that is, is having real results. That's cool. Is there, have you thought about it? Is there like, if I want to get to this spot, if I get to this spot, I'll be most not most satisfied. But like, is there like a, a pinnacle of this that you're trying to reach while you're here? So we, and and uh, if you talk to the uh, w- one of the one of the founders and directors of uh, of this program, uh, uh, my colleague Siva, he will tell you we do have a very explicit goal, which is to be the number one startup university in America. It's a, it's ambitious, but yeah. it's it's doable. I think no, that's, yeah. that seems. Yeah. We can do that. That, yep. that tends to be the tagline for everything. Yeah, yeah. We, that's right. <laughs> Hashtag we can do that. Yes, yes. Um, we'll do a little bit, a bit about InVenture. Um, obviously, it's one of Tech's more public calling cards in this whole thing. Like we got, we put it on TV every year. I think it's the one thing I would bother watching on PBS anymore. I, I stopped watching the children's things a long time ago. <laughs> Don't watch that channel. And we had some recent success at the ACC level as well because I saw we had we won the whole ACC uh, conference in that in that department as well, which is really cool. Um, what was most exciting for you from this year's competition compared to other years? So I love the Inventure Prize. I love that is shown on TV. That is a big show because it makes entrepreneurship cool. Yeah. And obviously, not only inside our campus mm-hmm. and not only for our community of students, but well beyond. I mean, just yeah. think about the impact of that kid who's watching PBS and stumbles upon yeah, this yeah. and is intrigued and all of a sudden sees these teams of slightly older young people uh, who are creating cool stuff. Yeah, people and, that can be their siblings. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Or the high schools. By the way, I love the, the fact that uh, the Inventure Prize ended up having these uh, offshoots, right, yeah. that for high school students. The ACC one now going even, right. even yeah. beyond Georgia Tech. But that is the... I think that the, the secret of of uh, of Inventor Prize is mm-hmm. to celebrate. I, I think some people called it the the, what, the American Idol for nerds. Yes, you know, yes, I, yes. I'm not sure. <laughs> I I fully like that, but but in a way, it captures what it is is right. making innovation and entrepreneurship. 
cool yeah. and desirable and something that you aspire to do as a kid. I think that's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. How does how does it get deeper roots into tech going forward? Like, how does it how do we make it more more of the how does it become more of the day to day life of tech? Because I think that is a really cool thing that campus as a whole could build up to is like, okay, we've got this thing that we do really well that sets us apart. How do we get campus to? Because I mean, there are li- there is a limited number of seats in first, but like there isn't as much of like a big culture around it like you would a football game. The anticipation is there only if you're like participating, I would say, or you know someone. Um, I've tried to go times, but I just I just forget, which I think is why I'm bothering asking. Like, how do we get much more cultural momentum towards that here? That's a great question, and I you know I don't I don't know exactly, but I, but I think is worth is worth looking for ways to promote it even even further. Mm-hmm. But I do love the fact that we have these different programs and different vehicles. With different goals, but complementary goals, mm. like uh, Inventure Prize, and uh, is is going to be our best vehicle to just send that broad message of mm-hmm. of entrepreneurship and innovation, yeah. right? And 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 I agree with you. I mean, I would love to have whether it's uh, more specific or thematic versions of Inventure Prize, or even we need to figure out how to make an even bigger deal so everybody wants to be there. Mm-hmm. It would be a great problem to have yeah. if uh, the first theater is so full that we have to move it to McCamish or yeah. who knows yeah. what. That would be a terrific thing to do. But you have this program that is bringing everybody's attention towards entrepreneurship. And mm-hmm. then you have things like CreateX that is much more high-touch, Okay, yeah. now I'm interested. How can you help me right, get right. there? I think that those those two programs are incredibly complementary mm-hmm. to one another. Would part of me? I like I just like creating games in my head. Do you see a way or see a world where each school at Tech like has their own like Scheller has an adventure and then computing has an like a mini adventure and then it builds up to the school wide one where it kind of starts at a lower level and it's like more approachable for every, for everyone. It's like hey, here's this class if you want to do adventure make it out of your school and then get to the institute level in venture prize thing. That's an interesting, that's an interesting idea. Um, I like parts of it. I'm concerned about others, but uh, that's, it's worth, it's worth brainstorming. So for example, the college of engineering mm-hmm. is so big and the college of computing right, are yeah, so yeah. big. You're going to have, you're going to have a, n- a numbers problem there. Cause that's uh, what, you have a numbers problem. The other thing though, is that, in most, if you look at the the winners of the Inventure Prize mm-hmm. um, in this sort of mechanical engineering, in this case it was mechanical engineering students, but they were working on an insurance solution. Right. Yeah. 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 So, so many yeah. of these innovations bring together different disciplines. That's the beauty of yeah. It, right? yeah that's true. Yeah. Where sometimes you may you may have biologists working with mechanical engineers, mm-hmm. and you may even bring a, a business student that brings in more of sort of a, maybe a financial model, yeah, better yeah, understanding yeah. of the market. You could have an LMC student or a uh, industrial design student yeah. who is thinking more about the, the usability of the of the product. I, even I, I mentioned earlier how um, uh, MailChimp founder mm-hmm. was here. His major was industrial design. Yeah. He became mm-hmm. an entrepreneur by, he started by designing uh, websites mm-hmm. and user experiences that how he got into into business so that's the only piece that is like i love some of these teams are from the same discipline but i i love that some teams bring students from all over the place right, right. but some version of your idea i love and we need to figure out how to yeah how no, to do that because i think it doesn't uh, growing up or not growing up but like going through shower for five years uh-huh. it's like that I, we just don't touch it as much because I, I don't think it's as obvious they're like oh yeah we could do an adventure thing because we're studying kind of the more how-to of business and less the okay let's do something with that 
That's right. Uh, That's right. And I, it, before before I came back to uh, Georgia Tech, I led two business schools that were independent business schools, mm-hmm. one in Spain and one in in Arizona, and I missed that which we have at Georgia Tech, right? Mm-hmm. Which is we had amazing uh, business school students. Yeah. But you know, you didn't have scientists. You didn't yeah. have engineers. Yeah. You didn't have. Yeah, the complementary um, pieces. Folks. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, and that's what we do. That's what we have here. That, yeah, um, that's cool. Hopefully, that'll, that'll maybe that's a thing that evolves in the next. Yeah, how do you? Well, yeah, we go there. Like, how do you think invent, inventor evolves over the next five or so years? Like, is it gonna? Are we, are we, do you think it'll be a lot of the same parts and pieces, or do you see it being culturally not culturally, but at least the attitudes around it being a little bit more serious, or just how how do you see it growing? I by the way, I, I every time I've watched it. Before I, I I came back to Georgia Tech, and now that I'm I'm here, I'm very impressed about how incredibly done it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, the students are super well prepared. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah. the way the questions are always it, it's it's real, it's intense, but it's mm-hmm. also fun. Yeah, yeah, right. The the, the questions are great. The respond that the the students are really well prepared in their presentations. Mm-hmm. They go the really well well structured mm-hmm. presentations. So I think it's very, very well done. To me, the key is, uh, back to our earlier conversation, is it is such a cool program. Yeah. How can we have many more to participate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Part of how it has branched out to high schools, I think it shows that th- this has legs, that yeah. it could be branched out. So that's, I, that's, I think, how where we need to pay attention. Gotcha. How do we get more people involved? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. All right, I'm going to transition to sports, which is my... That this is the stuff I this is the stuff I really know. Um, just for you, how do you what do you think the role? How do you see the role of sport? Not how do you? What do you think is sports's role at Tech right now? So intercollegiate athletics, the way it happens at American universities, is a uniquely American thing. Yes. It doesn't happen anywhere else in the world, mm-hmm. right? I I, um, I grew up in Spain. I went to college in Spain, so I experienced both a Spanish university in an American university, yes. I've worked in different parts of the world, mm-hmm. it's unique. And I have learned to appreciate how incredible it is. It is incredible for the student athlete in the sense that, gosh, you're in the volleyball team and you're majoring in LMC or in aerospace engineering yeah. and you can be pushing yourself academically and growing uh, um, as an athlete at right. the same time, compete at the highest level. Yeah. In most of the world, you have to choose between one or the other. You cannot mm-hmm. do both. Yeah. In fact, that's why I, I just um, it's occasionally I help the coach recruit maybe an international student, especially if they're from Spain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 they're blown away by the fact. Oh my gosh, I can go to a great university and do these two things. So it's an incredible experience for the student athlete. By the way, you while you're growing uh, academically, mm-hmm. you're dealing with defeat, you're dealing with success, you're dealing with victory, with yeah. teamwork, with conflict, with leadership. Yeah. So from a standpoint of, of your learning is phenomenal. Then you layer on top of that what athletic events do to create community mm-hmm. when students, faculty, staff, alumni get together and not just in the football field. I mean, one of my best favorite experiences is going to volleyball games. Yeah, no, they're, they are, I think we, we named that the best experience on it's, campus to do. It yeah. doesn't surprise me. Just yeah. the, the energy, the community together, the fact that we win a lot yes. is that, also great. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but even basketball. So th- it's really amazing the power of sports events to create community, to mm-hmm. bring people together, to maintain connections with alumni uh, uh, after graduation yeah. and give them a reason to, to come back, to care about their alma mater. Yeah. 
So all these, he puts us on national TV. It does, yeah. So think about the, we don't do anything else. I mean, we can have, in fact, we do have faculty earning absolutely the top awards, making huge advances in science and mm -hmm. technology. And yet you're not able to get as much media attention as you do with when we put the interlock GT yeah. on national TV yeah, repeatedly yeah. every year with our team. So, so it has, it has so many benefits for the student athletes, for the community, for our brand and our projection in general, that is a, is a huge part of who we are. Yeah. I imagine thinking about how is ESPN showing Georgia tech on their broadcast has to be a thing that matters a lot because a lot of, all of it you're saying of that publicity just goes th right through their streaming platform, goes right through whatever games are on. Exactly, and now and now it's not just the the traditional TV channels. Now it's streaming. Now that we have the ACC, uh, the ACC network, yeah, which yeah. has been a huge addition. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, ACC network huge addition, not only for the traditional sort of revenue sports, right? right your yeah, yeah. your men's basketball and football. We now are watching our women compete in, in, in basketball yeah, and volleyball. Yeah. You're watching golf, you're watching all sports. So it's had a huge impact in, in showcasing a fuller um, view of what we do. Yeah. It's been very exciting. I covered our women's basketball team for the most part this year. And that's, if I wasn't, I didn't go to any of the road games, but I mean, that's how I was watching. I was like, all right, I got my login. And exactly. without that, I'd, I would be watching. I'd have to get someone to FaceTime me the game probably if yeah. I were to make it happen. <laughs> that's exactly um, I know at least in terms of the literal space we have on campus, there's only so much we can outwardly grow and whatnot, but is there, have, have there been thoughts about adding another varsity sport or just trying to grow athletics in just to get, uh, get to other really popular yes. sports at all? So we, we're going to have to add another uh, women's sport. Yeah. Because of, of title nine. Mm -hmm. um, we, so we're very, very proud that the number of women in our undergraduate uh, student population finally reach 40%. Yes, As I yes. said, hopefully it'll keep growing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that means that our portfolio of sports needs to reflect the, that, yeah. the, the, the balance, the gender balance in our student body. Mm -hmm. So we're very likely going to have to add another uh, women's sport. Mm -hmm. And I'm very excited about that. Of course, there are lots of views and ideas and we're, we're going to be very thoughtful about mm -hmm. it. I'm, I'm secretly uh, pushing for soccer. I was going to ask about that. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I mean, you know, having grown up in, in Spain, obviously, I'm yeah. such a huge soccer fan. Uh, the best yeah. league in the world in, in my home country. <laughs> best team in the world, my hometown, Real Madrid. So I'm, I'm secretly hoping that that's what we end up. But mm -hmm. it'll be the result of a thoughtful process of looking yeah. at the options. But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Very, very, very I was soon. At the, I was at most of the Atlanta United games that happened here. And ah, I will say awesome. it worked flaw I, I, for me as a fan, it worked flawlessly. So I, th I think it can work. If it we, if we, got, if we get women's soccer, I think, I think it'd be a slam dunk for us. For oh, sure. I have seen what, what soccer has done in Atlanta. I never imagined that a, a city like Atlanta would get into soccer and, and it's been amazing. I've, I've gone to a few games, by the way, the, the general manager of the team, tells me that those first games at Bobby Dodd mm -hmm. were essential. Yeah, not necessarily were. that they planned it that way, because they, they played here because Mercedes-Benz was not done in time, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It ended up being a great thing. In fact, he called it uh, Project Lemonade. How do we <laughs> turn this, this problem that yeah. they faced? Because Bobby Dodd filled up. It did. It the did. energy, because of the, right. of the smaller size, the energy... The fact that people didn't sit because our, our seats are not that comfortable. No, they're benches. Dad, they're benches. They don't give any back right. support. Yeah. Well, when they moved to Mercedes-Benz, yes. 
we the team stand. carried that culture. We, people still stand. We still stand. They're yeah. yelling. So he actually thinks that the, it ended up being a, a blessing in disguise, I think and, it was. and that that energy at Bobby Dodd carried on. The, but it's been amazing to see. I was at that first first match awesome. in 2017, and yeah, no, there I will never forget that whole time. And like the first goal happened pretty. It was I was head on where it was in the they kicked it. I wish it was. I wish there were students at that game, and effectively they did put the supporters section where the students are. And they, the Yamil Assad's first goal was right there. So, no, yeah. It, well, and the fact that we won. We did not win that game. No, no, not the game, but the, oh, the, uh, championship. the, the championship. Yeah, MLS the next that, year. That helped, that that helped, helped a lot. lot. <laughs> yes, yes, we're three trophies in, yeah. uh, which has been really cool. Yeah. Um, what I do, so I, I really like going to the non-revenue sports, like footballs. I know it's just the biggest thing here, and it's been one of the biggest things, carrying Tech's legacy. But now that we're really, really good at the women's sports just in general, between basketball, making March Madness two years in a row, volleyball, being a couple sets away from making the final four um, for those just like more on the outskirts sports. If someone's kind of on the fence about going to a game, what would you say to those people? They're like, yeah, we need people to come to these, the, the lesser known sports. I'll tell you, I mean, I go to many of those games and I do it not because it's part of my job description. Mm-hmm. I do it because it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I actually have a great time. Really good, yeah. I mean, I go to every uh, women's basketball game that I can. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I sometimes have conflicts. Yeah, but yeah. we, my, my wife and I, we choose to go to those games because it's a really an incredible experience. We mm-hmm. love the the energy uh, of the of the team. We love the coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just love the whole experience. Some, I love that sometimes I, I see uh, young girls and boys uh, in the yeah. stands and looking up to these incredible athletes. I mean, I, it's just an amazing experience. We've talked to already, of course, about volleyball games and, and, and just the atmosphere in the gym, which mm-hmm. is, uh, is is unbelievable. So honestly, I don't, we don't have to be too convinced. Just, just, Give it a shot, and yeah. you'll be surprised what fun, what a fun experience the, those mm-hmm. games are. They're good. Yeah. I think uh, I like how soft that softball it gets shady. It, it, it gets shady faster compared to the rest of the the stadiums we have here. Uh, oh, true. But I mean, the view. Board. I mean, you go to a softball game. I mean, that the views from that. You get the same, buildings back there with O'Keefe and whatnot. Yeah, no, it's unbelievable. It's delightful. And the and the and the skyline of uh, Atlanta Midtown, mm. and and also it's kind of an intimate experience. Yeah. The fans, the players. I mean, I love the softball games as well. No, it's um really. I mean, I encourage every yellow jacket to give it a shot and show up at a at a softball game, at a tennis game. I mean, we, yeah. It's just, uh, I mean, they're amazing, amazing experiences. I know they – I didn't see how they were doing, but I know they were doing ACC championships today. Is that North Carolina? Do we know where that is? No, I think it was going. It was happening here. Is it here? Georgia, okay. right? No. Maybe. Maybe. Know. We'll, we'll find to, out eventually. Yeah, we'll have to All check right. out. Uh, we'll shift to our last bit, uh, tech favorites. Uh, do you have a favorite building on campus? Candida. That seems like that's a good answer. No one, I don't think anyone said Candida actually yet so far when I've asked that, but I, yeah, it's a great building. I just, it's a, such an amazing piece of design, such an example. And it actually makes you think about, wow, why don't we build old buildings like this, you mm-hmm. know, that, that are so, and it, it is comfortable, beautiful, and at the same time, the fact that it doesn't use any external energy, yeah, yeah. that it uses its own water, that, I mean, it's just really it's a fun building. Amazing, to be in. Yeah. yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, do you have a favorite food spot either on campus or I guess within like twenty minutes of walking distance for students that could that could get there? A lot of spots, but I'll tell you the one. It just I know I'm going to date myself, but there was just a, a posting this week by Georgia Tech Media. I don't know why. It must have been some anniversary of juniors. Yeah, it was juniors at the anniversary. I think it was their sixtieth. 
It was the 60th anniversary. It was something, yeah, one of the, at least post 50. So I know it doesn't exist anymore, but that's where my mind goes. Cause that Mm -hmm. I used to eat there all the time. My, my introduction to Southern food as a, as a foreign student that I was, it was there. Many conversations, many friendships, my introduction to, to, to sweet tea and collard greens and and cornbread. And it was always full. the, 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 again, the conversations, the experiences, so I always think about that's my spot, even though, of course, it doesn't exist anymore. We're yeah. going to have to figure out. I know. I was about to say, I think yeah. we don't have a spot like that anymore here. No. Like, you no. got to go to Mary Max, but you got to wait in a 30-minute line to get in there if you, if you want that. So yeah. Yeah, that, might be a, yeah. that might be a new thing. The good news thing. is we have tons of great options. And by the way, the, 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 the new student center, the, the soon-to-be-named John Lewis Student yes, Center, yes. Is going to bring also a whole bunch of uh, great options. I'm sorry, I'll miss that by a semester, yeah. but <laughs> you can always come back. I'll and come enjoy. back. I'll come back. Uh, do you have a favorite tradition that we do? That would be the Mini 500. Oh, of course. It's hysterical. I mean, I, I it's just. The, it's I, the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love it. I, and this last year, by the way, I, I was on the Rambling Wreck mm-hmm. leading the race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he got, I mean, some of those tricycles were almost faster than we I were. I think, honestly, my team might have been one of those. We we won. Did one. you? Did, were Were you on the first uh, lap or? I was. No, I was on the first lap, but I think my team might have been. The under. team we, was. We ended up winning you guys our division. Were, you guys were crazy. I mean, I I mean because <laughs> you go to the to the end of uh, of Peter's parking and right. have to make a sharp right. I'm like. You better, you better we're accelerate because these guys are flying. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, that's, oh man, I love it so much. Uh, is there, all right, last, last, last thing. Is there a favorite moment from this year, from the whole 2021, 22, school year you have? Wow. You know, I, I don't know that I have uh, a favorite, probably, you know, probably our commencements because um, the fact that we, the fact that we were in the middle of a pandemic where um, most schools, by the way, took the easy route. Mm-hmm. And not to judge, well, I guess I am judging, but uh, some schools took the, the route of, oh, no, we're going to close down, we're going to shut everything down. And, yeah. and I love the fact that our community came together to say, okay, instead of do we do it, it was always the how do we do how, it, right? Yes, yes. Mini 500 is not, oh, we have to cancel. No, let's do it, do it in, a healthy, in, yeah. a, in a healthier way. I yeah. mean, it might be different, but... The fact that we we did that with our with our commencements, even the last one, which rained a ton. I was at uh, that. Yeah, that was oof, that, that was, was tough. That yeah, was yeah, tough. Yeah, that was, was tough. But but still, the fact that that amid the adversity, our community came together. We moved things outdoors, but we got everything done. I think those those were very special moments. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, those are. Yeah, I guess that that'll be me, and that'll be me in two weeks. Hopefully, yeah. without the rain. I would like it to not rain. Yeah, yes, that, me that, too. That'd, me that'd too. be nicer. Yeah. Um, that's all I got. I really appreciate your, your time uh, and for coming on and wrapping up my first ever pod, podcast season I've ever done. So Well, thank you both, and congratulations on your graduation. And, thank you. And stay in touch. I know you you both will. You've been such incredibly engaged students. I know you will we're looking forward be to engaged alumni as well. I think we're looking well. forward to being alumni. Yeah, it'll all be right. good. All right. Well, thank you very much. Go Jackets. All right. Welcome to the uh, unexpected second part of this podcast. I had I did not plan until about 15 minutes before I got to Cabrera's office. Um, but then across the way, Rick Rick Clark's here. So I'm like, oh, a lot of things have happened since we last talked. So may as well ask about it. So, um, hey, welcome to post uh, decision time. I, I imagine <laughs> this is a much less stressful time than a month ago. It's uh, it's a little bit of both, but um, yeah, we're we're sort of watching deposits now yeah. instead of working on finalizing decisions. So yeah, if I had to trade, I'd go for this time. Okay, of year. good, good, good. Um, 
how I, I guess what what was your uh, what, what's your roundup of what is this class of twenty seven? Is this twenty seven, twenty six? I don't even it's, know at this point. You know, twenty six, depending on when they finish. Twenty six right? to twenty nine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, twenty seven. Actually, that sounds right. Um, so we. Um, you know, of course, the year to look back on it, the big thing was applications mm-hmm. for first year admission, um, topping 50,000 for the first time. Ooh. So that's pretty significant because even if you look at kids that are, you know, third year Georgia Tech students, mm-hmm. um, there were 10,000 fewer applicants in that class. That is, that's something. So, yeah, just in the last two years, we've gone up 10,000. Does that bring our admit rate? How many percentage points does that bring the admit rate down? So we're going to. We look like we'll end up at 17% this year okay. overall. Okay. Um, Georgia admit rate's still in that kind of mid-30s yeah, range, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but overall about 17%. Okay. So we've been continuing to just kind of tick down. Maybe one of the last years above 20 if I... That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. We were we were in that 21-20 range. Yeah. Yeah. Had two years at 18 and now down to 17. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. So- yeah. What, all right, what, what else about this year? So, I mean, the other thing is just thinking about interest, you know, it, within those numbers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was like a 12% increase, but, you know, here from our state, another 500 students applied. Mm-hmm. Um, but what really made up the big difference was out of state students mm-hmm. um, at about 5,000 more okay. than, than last year. Um, and then a decline from abroad. Um, you know, nothing terribly significant, but, you know, just kind of looking at the three demographic categories. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that's not necessarily how the class will play out. But yeah. in terms of applications, I'm really pleased to see more Georgians applying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and ultimately, we'll have more Georgians in the class. We could end up with probably at least 200 more Georgians in this class even than last year. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's significant. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the international part's one of the differences. Are you attributing that to... Would you attribute that to COVID stuff and just the ability to the ability to move around being not as easy? Um, and yeah, other just I political mean, turmoils around the a world. Lot, yeah, exactly. I mean, just everything that's happening in the world right now. Yeah. I mean, you know, and and the good thing is that we have better distribution, so there's mm-hmm. students applying from more places. That's but, good. You know, certainly in um, in Asia in particular, mm-hmm. I mean, we did see some declines there. Some of that's what's happening in their own countries. I yeah. mean, with the countries getting a lot more locked down in terms of uh, sending students abroad. Mm-hmm. And then just the competition from around the world. Um, that's the other big piece is that the U.S. broadly yeah. um, is not maybe the king as we were, even just, you know, like the pre-Trump era. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, were there any unexpected parts that came up this cycle that you hadn't seen before doing this job? Um, you know, I think that for us, one thing that has been really nice is just like a continued interest across the board. Mm-hmm. And that's actually playing out with the way the class is shaping okay. up. All colleges are up. So, you know, the positive for sure is that we're seeing, you know, continued increase mm-hmm. both in applications and then ultimately in deposits. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're wanting to grow, yeah. uh, you know, all of our colleges and that's, that's definitely happening. So nothing, I mean, one of the big question marks coming into the year, and I'm trying to remember if we talked about this in the fall or not was with the system requiring testing yeah. and many of our competitors, in fact, most of our competitors not requiring testing, mm-hmm. like would that have a 
big deleterious yeah, impact on us. And in the end, it's played out not to. Okay. Um, I mean, we not in terms of just the raw numbers. Now, mm-hmm. like, what are some of the sub numbers? You know, I guess we'll just see how these deposits wind up. Mm-hmm. But really encouraged on the female side. Good. I mean, good. you know, we crossed over 40% yeah. women. I think we talked about that. Um, we're definitely on our way again towards a very strong, you know, I think bordering on equity within the class. Nice. Hopefully, you know, around 42, 43% women in the okay. first year class. Nice. Um, for sure. And that's good. And then last year was the first year at um, Black students were at 9% and okay. Hispanic Latinx was at 10. There's a chance that both could be in the double digits this year. Oh, wow. Which would also be great. That'd be great. And that'd yeah. be a Georgia Tech first also. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, what, what was, I forgot what you said the number, like what the target number was this year. Was it... I know eventually it was 5,000. Was that this year or was that later? No, no. Our first year, so overall our first year class goal was around 3,600. We might end up closer to 3,700. Okay. But then when you throw in transfers, Mm -hmm. you know, that's where you get to 5,000 because that's another 1,400. So we'll definitely be at 5,000 new students at Georgia Tech and probably more like 5,100. Okay, cool. I know we mentioned buildings in the past. I know I've learned that now Woodruff's going to get redone and whatnot, but is the... I imagine the addition of new complexes around here has been helpful for y'all and like that calculus of like, okay, yeah. can we fit everybody here? I mean, obviously catalyst was a right. little bit of a bombshell and a mistake out there. Yeah. Uh, but, and that caused a lot of the, I had to get involved with the crisis housing at one point during the year. And it was like, mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't realize that was going to like spread its wings that far. But yeah. I mean, I imagine that's still top of mind in some, in some aspects right now. Yeah. I mean, when I think about buildings, probably the one that's coming to mind immediately is just the student center finally opening. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I know we're not quite there yet, but at least um, spread everybody out a yeah, little bit more without a doubt. And that, that's going to be huge. I mean, because again, we are growing, we're in growth mode. We're yeah. going to continue to grow. And so that's going to be good just from a, like, uh, you know, a, a dining standpoint yes. and just, yeah. you know, options for students. It's also, you know, we're going to move and start tours out of there. Um, oh, so the, oh, I remember that. That used to be the case, wasn't it actually? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I remember so that. yep. that'll be really nice. You know, that theater will hold more. Good. And and we're I mean this year we had forty thousand people come visit Georgia Tech. Um, those numbers have been going up. So if we're on track to continue to see more visitors every year, right now we have to kind of dig out of this part of campus mm-hmm. to get where students really want to see. Yeah, being able to start things out of the student center in the middle of campus can be great. That's a lot better. Yeah, yeah. You know, and logistically. Yes, that yeah that part makes sense. For um, sure. Did this year's class teach you anything of what the next three or four years going forward is going to be? Well, I mean, one thing is just the strong interest of Georgia students. Like our mm-hmm. yield right now for Georgia is up mm-hmm. and that's, you know, contributing to probably ending up with a slightly larger class than we had, you know, anticipated. Yeah. But I mean, that is a positive thing. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we have a lot of talent in the state and students want to be here yeah. and the state needs more STEM students anyway. Yeah. So in that regard, we're, you know, in a, you know, we're accommodating the interest, mm-hmm. but I do think we'll need to kind of just be closely watching like this new model Mm -hmm. for post pandemic enrollment. And honestly, everybody across the country is seeing such like turbulence. Yeah. I guess is the way to put it. I mean, when, when I've talked to colleagues, both in state and out of state, it's all over the map. I mean, Mm. you're, you know, of course you're hearing, especially in our state, a lot of our publics, unfortunately are hurting for enrollment, but then other schools are seeing these kind of like yield bumps. Mm -hmm. I think the big thing is that we just need to acknowledge like it's 
a different time. We don't have a model built and yeah. we're just going to have to figure that out as gotcha. we go. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, what I know, I know tech's always, had, at least our, this office here has always had like a message of like, if you don't get into tech, that isn't, that isn't the worst case scenario. Like mm-hmm. there's always is just that other, just those other, those other pathways. Yeah. And we may not be the best spot for somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, how, well, I guess, what would you say to someone that got in here and really thinks they really should go here, but maybe long-term this isn't like, in, they may realize in year three, it's like, Oh, I maybe should have done this other major that tech does not have. And it's kind of screwed me over right now. So you mean for somebody that actually does. Someone that gets here and yeah, stays and then, then realizes, oh, no, that was a mistake. <laughs> to be here? But yeah. <laughs> That's a good question. I mean, obviously, our students are incredibly mobile, mm-hmm. like at any point. Yeah. Right? I mean, <laughs> that's a tough one. I mean, yeah, yeah, kinda, part yeah. of me wants to say, well, listen yes maybe that's how you feel at this time but like we talk to students so much about short-term sacrifice for a long-term gain yeah and the tech degree and the value of a tech degree is just on such a meteoric rise right now i mean there has never been a better time to have a georgia tech degree yeah and so unless it is really like some type of a a mental health issue or a financial a major financial strain Mm -hmm. I mean, earning that Georgia Tech degree just has such, such value. Yeah, no, it does. I'm glad I, well, I'm glad I liked my major enough, but I, yeah. know, I, I know I've just, I've just, I've seen enough cases of people around here of just like, man, I know there might be other places where yeah. maybe in terms of just like the amount of time they have for the kind of lifestyle I want to leave, they would sure. be thriving in a different way. Yeah. Um, now, one thing that as you were asking that question did come to mind and, and talking about trends mm-hmm. and like how Georgia Tech is changing Um, And also something I think even as a student, like I would want to know and I would be proud of is, um, so we offered like 8,500 students admission this year, Mm -hmm. first year students. Okay. Um, Breaking that down across, you know, Georgia, non-Georgia, international. In order to get that class size that we're shooting for, we offered over 10,000 students a one or two year pathway. Oh, okay. So that's the other thing is like, if you're Pell eligible, Mm -hmm. if you're first generation, if you have a major in design, liberal arts or sciences, mm-hmm. um, we're giving students the opportunity to go elsewhere for a year or two yeah. and then come back. Um, because, you know, 28% of this year's new students will be transfer students. Okay, And I think that's really great because again, so many schools that we overlap with, it's, it's either, it's one or done. Yeah. You're either in on that first year class yeah. or you're never going. And I think for us, we're able to say, listen, you know, we're expanding access to Georgia Tech across the board mm-hmm. and you don't have to come in as a first year student. And I think that's also, man, that's a great place to be. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I, I've run into a number of transfers. I'm like, they, you kind of freak. I think we're in a good spot for that because a lot of the third and fourth year transfers didn't miss much of anything on campus this, from two years right ago. Now, like, they're actually particular. in a really sweet spot. That's true. Uh, at least culturally and society and whatnot. I haven't been, you know, with SGA, I mean, I know Rohan is a, is a transfer student yep, and, yep, and um, you know, um, there's a number of students who are very interested in seeing us continue to lean into and do a better, more intentional job supporting mm-hmm. transfer students. Yeah. And I, as this population is growing, I mean, I have no doubt that that's something that Georgia Tech will do and, and has already been yeah. doing, um, is thinking about like, how do we ensure no matter when you start here, you can be successful and that mm-hmm. we can plug you in and like build that community as fast as possible. Yeah. I think we're doing, I think we're doing pretty good with yeah. that. Um, about the various spots to grow uh you mentioned some lessons learned but are there any other like overarching just 
things from the year it's like all right we should keep this and go in, going forward into the, the 2022 23 year um well i mean i think pathways is certainly part of that i mean i think we're going to continue to look for ways to demonstrate to students that they can ultimately get here even if it's not through that first year side because if we continue to see these type of increases mm -hmm. um yes we're growing our first year class but it's just not going to mirror that same scale yeah. of overall interest so i would say probably the thing that you know i am hopeful for as we look to this year ahead is finally getting back to being a little more present mm -hmm. outside of campus i mean the virtual piece has been nice yeah. and we've learned a lot about how we can do a better job of uh, especially showing students who can't get here for one reason or another, what Georgia Tech has to offer. Yeah. But especially when we think about like rural Georgia and places, um, you know, that we're trying to grow our population from, mm -hmm. like, it's just going to be good to actually get back into those communities. And yeah. I think it's important to do that. Yeah. For I, sure. I do like it when y'all are in what, uh, KK rural Georgia doing yeah. admission stuff and whatnot. That's, that's right. always cool. Um, all right. That's all I had. I just want to do a little overtime bit here post yeah. post the Cabrera interview so thanks for doing 15 yeah, minutes absolutely this is your best 15 minute stand up you've done <laughs> without a doubt <laughs> all right thanks Rick thanks Jack huge thanks to Rick and President Cabrera for coming on uh, for what is the last last episode of Tech Lively at least in the 2021-2022 school year um, huge thank you to everyone that came on the podcast um, for me it was uh, just a good old passion project that I wanted to pursue, and um, I was really, really glad that people at the Technique and friends of mine that were connecting to other people, and just the multiple friends of mine that came on the podcast, uh, were willing to be helpful. And uh, I really appreciate that they were willing to come on and let me help get their voices amplified uh, for campus and for those that listened. Um, glad we got to mix in the, my love of sports with just learning about what tech has become this year. Uh, and where it's going uh, in a lot of ways. So huge, huge, th huge, huge thank you to everybody. Um, it was, I didn't know if we were going to get Cabrera, honestly, uh, at one point, at, at a point. So I'm really glad we were able to end with him and then do a little bonus little overtime bit with Rick at the very, very end there, uh, which we literally planned that 15 minutes. Like I texted him right before Cabrera. I uh, mean, Cabrera started recording and I was like, hey, I'm right next to your office. Should we do this? And we just went ahead and did it. So I uh, got our, a good little closer on what, the next admissions year looks like um and then just tech as a whole and what sports what the sports team may hey if we get soccer on tech's campus that'll be a a huge uh, i think it'll be a huge boon to campus um and just say it's a sport that everyone knows it's a sport that um also you know when it's going to end you know it's going to start you know it's going to end which not every sport on campus does that uh so it would be a wonderful time if we could get that and i hope future yellow jackets get to feel that I will be graduating in two weeks, so this is the last of my technique contributions I will be making. A uh, huge thank you to everyone on staff. Huge thank you to everyone that has listened so far this year. Um, it really was. We got we had listeners from, uh, I think we had an Australian download at one point, a lot in, lot in Georgia. Um, a lot of my Lots and Ends episode brought, brought in some Finnish listeners, which is really cool. Um, so, huge thank you to everybody. Um, hopefully, I will be on a podcast later on in the future uh, somewhere else. Uh I do not know what Tech Lively look, will look like or if it will even be called Tech Lively in 2022, 2023. Um, I kind of just took this by the neck and just did what I want with it. So uh, also a huge thank you to uh, past editors, online editors here, uh, Abigail Gutierrez-Ray and Bailey Friedman, who are dear friends of mine, who uh, also were just people that inspired me to just do this. Um, they had done it before. Bailey was the Get Lively host. Uh, and I know me and Abigail had talked about getting the podcast off the ground, and so I'm just glad 
um, I could get it done. Um, so in a lot of ways, this is for them just to see some of their some of their visions brought to reality. Um, and a lot of my uh, dreams and visions brought to reality. So it's a great time. Uh, go Jackets. It's been a hell of a ride.